Money, money, money. Difficult to discuss in the first century and difficult to discuss in the 21st century. The prophet Amos, whose rather strident warning we heard in the first reading from Bill, hear this, you that trample the needy and bring ruin to the poor of the land. Amos was the prophet to the rich king Jeroboam II of the northern tribes and to the equally wealthy Uzziah in the south in the 8th century before the common era. He lived in a time of unprecedented wealth and unprecedented corruption as a means of getting that wealth. The tribes of Israel had reached a status not unknown in our times and places in which they held the belief that the excessive lifestyle of the wealthy was profoundly to be preferred and that their prosperity was a sign of divine favor. Oh no, says Amos in the way of all prophets. Oh no, no, no. You are sadly and shamefully mistaken. You, Israel, have dishonored your covenant with Yahweh. You have taken Yahweh's faithfulness for granted. You have presumed too far on Yahweh's love. Why? Because Yahweh's covenant rests on the idea that the people of God will share the gifts of God with everyone. To be faithful to Yahweh is to carry out the work of Yahweh, feeding the poor, freeing the oppressed, nursing the sick, caring for the widow and the orphan. To be in relationship with God is to be sent by God to those who need God the most. Amos is not warning the wealthy about their wealth, of course, but about the fact that they got their wealth by impoverishing and enslaving others. That impoverishment of others for the sake of wealth dishonored and discredited their relationship with God. And in that strange gospel we heard about the dishonest steward, that theme appears again. The dishonest steward had dishonored and cheated the master and probably the debtors. But in the time of crisis, when he was about to be sacked, he managed to act shrewdly. The debtors were happy and the master was happy. The master is honored. The steward is acting in the master's name and so the master gets the credit. The message appears to be that one might do well to relate to one's wealth justly and generously in ways that bring honor to our relationship with the one in whose love we live at all. This is not a commentary on wealth but on our relationship with our wealth and on the relationship between our use of wealth and our relationship to God. God's mission in the world is to bring healing and love to all people through the action of the Spirit. The church is the human instrument of that mission. The root of mission is the Latin literate, to send. God sends love in the form of grace. And we agree in baptism to be sent as lovers. This congregation sends love into the world every day. This summer, very often, you sent me to give some of your wealth to the people who need it most, who are distinctly and extraordinarily unwealthy. Amen. 
Amen. I mentioned this the last time I spoke, but I wanted to hear it again. At first, I was extremely concerned about honoring your name. I wanted to make sure that I was doing what you would want me to do. I wanted you to be satisfied. I spent a lot of time thinking about the nature of stewardship. I've also spent a lot of time asking for money in my work life, and I really believe that the spirit with which the money is given stays with the money and becomes part of that for which the money is used. Money wrung from reluctant or guilty givers makes the project dull, lifeless, and bitter. Money coming from caring, loving donors makes the work flourish and succeed. So, believing that, I wanted to give your money judiciously and without worry so that it would do the work of God's healing. What happened to me when I fixed cars or bought groceries or paid bills and heard stories was an astonishing lesson in honor. The extraordinary gift and the extraordinary dignity of those people whom you helped all of whom thanked and blessed me, thanked and blessed you, was miraculous. But the true and unanticipated experience came when I heard over and over that whatever we gave you and I, it was enough. Maybe we couldn't fix everything that was wrong with the car, but we could fix the muffler and we could buy the gas. And that, that little bit, that was enough wealth. When I said to the garage owner that I could pay on behalf of this church part of the total bill for a woman whose car is her living, his heart melted. He fixed her car. It was enough. We could give much more. We could. But what we did give, we gave in love and that made it enough. Today, we celebrate the work of the Outreach Committee. They are your instruments in the work of God in this church. Together with the other ministries whose work touches neighbors near and far, they work tirelessly to find the right ways to use your donations. They give of their time and resources to feed, clothe, and educate. They advocate for those in need, and they bear witness in the world to the presence of God in this church. The Outreach Committee, in its characteristic mode of self-sacrifice, will be hosting a luncheon today for everyone. This is the way these people work. They think about what they can do for everyone else, and they don't ask for anything back. But if you ask them, they would tell you that they have all had the same experience that I had this summer. The members of the Outreach Committee need our help. They bear the heavy burden of being the church in our neighborhood, in our county, and in the world. They represent all of us. They would like to hear your ideas about how this church could be of help to this community. They would like to hear about your talents and your wishes and how you might use those talents, ideas, and wishes. This is an enormously gifted congregation in many ways. Our community needs those gifts. And if you are new to our congregation, we welcome your ideas and your experience, and we're grateful that you've joined us. 
with a few hundred dollars a month, here and there, we have already made a difference. Sometimes enormous in the life of our neighbors. In my dream, we can help our neighbors in need move from death to life if we are faithful stewards of our talent and time. There are many dreams here, and I like to think that they are all God's dream coming true. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.